Wow, it's an honor to be here tonight. I want to thank uh, Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen for the opportunity to speak tonight. Uh, Kay and I have preached to some large crowds in foreign countries, <laughs> but this is different. <laughs> this is different. This, this pulpit has been on blaze. How many of you know this pulpit's been on fire here lately? Presence of God is all over the room and all over this pulpit, and there have been some mighty words uh, proclaimed and spoken here tonight, and it's, it's humbling to be here. Um, but the Lord gave me a message um, in the form of th three dreams, and I'm not going to preach the dreams to you because it's better to preach the Word of God, and I'm going to preach the Word of God tonight. But as I do, it will develop, and, and I'm going to tell you the dreams at the end. The funny thing about it was it was the same dream three times in about a 10 to 12-day period. So he made it very clear what was on his heart and uh, what we're to talk about tonight. I went to Pastor Todd with it. didn't know what else to do. I went to Pastor Todd with it, and uh, he heard the dream. And his very first words out of his mouth were, can you preach that? And that was the last thing I expected. I just wanted to tell him the dream. <laughs> but so be careful if you tell Pastor Todd your dreams, you'll, <clears throat> you could end up up here. I want to talk to you tonight about identity. Identity. Uh, and I want you to look at this verse with me uh, just to lay a little groundwork. Uh, you know, you're, you're, uh, I know you're going to know many of the verses that we're going to cover tonight, and I'm not going to, we're going to cover a lot of verses, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time in any one of them because you've heard them. But it's good to hear them. It's good to hear them over and over because the idea is to move them from your hearing to your brain and then to move them from your brain to your heart so that they become part of you. It's not just, uh, a verse that you remember or you heard, but it's a verse you know and claim. It's, it's, it's part of you. It becomes <clears throat> part of your identity. It becomes part of who you are. So if we, at the risk of uh, being repetitive, I want to review a lot of scripture tonight that has to do with identity. <clears throat> and I will lay just a little bit of groundwork. Let's go to Ephesians 2.10. This is one scripture we'll look at. I don't know if we've got that in the back. Yeah, Ephesians 2.10 says, uh, <clears throat> For we are his workmanship, we're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Look at your neighbor. Look at three or four people around you and say, You are a one-of-a-kind handmade. You are a handmade one-of-a-kind. You're a handmade, you're a homemade, handmade, one of a kind. You are created very uniquely for good works, and God has prepared those works in advance, those works that you are to do. You, you have a unique kingdom job, and you have a unique kingdom service, and you are the only one who can do that. You have a purpose, and you're the only one who can do that. I'm not made like James, and James is not made like me. He's got a purpose, and I've got a purpose, 
And, if, and I'm not going to try to do James's. I'm not going to try to fulfill James's purpose. And he probably doesn't want to try to fulfill mine. You are unique, and so is your purpose. It's part of your identity. The other truth that I want to lay down is you will only find the joy, the satisfaction, the fulfillment, and the peace in your life. You'll only find that when you discover who you are and you discover that purpose. Once you have discovered it and go about fulfilling that purpose, that inner thing in you that's not happy, it's not fulfilled, will then be fulfilled. When you find out who you are and when you fulfill that purpose for which God made you so uniquely, You've got your fingerprints and your DNA, and no one else has that. When you find that and you fulfill that purpose, you'll find the true joy. Identity is so important to God. It's so important to God, and I want to prove that to you. The Word of God is full of scriptures where God identifies himself to us. And then it's also true that Scripture is full of passages where God identifies us and tells us who we are. And I want to remind you, you know this, but I want to remind you, that's where your identity comes from. It does not come from what you think of yourself It does not come from what others may have said about you. It's not determined by a public opinion poll. And it's certainly not determined by what the devil says about you. Now let's settle something. Let's stop right there and settle something else. The devil is a liar. The Bible says he can only lie. Says there's no truth in him at all. So... Every time he opens his mouth, it's a what? It's a lie. Every time he opened his mouth. The Bible says you can tell the voice of Jesus. Conversely, you can tell the voice of the devil. That's the one that says you can't make it. You can't do this. Are you crazy? Why are you even trying? You've heard that. You've heard that voice. So you know that voice. And you know the voice of your Savior. The Bible says you can know the difference. When you hear that voice that's saying you can't make this, you can't do this, you'll never be an evangelist, (laughs) you can't do this. That's the devil. The good news is that's a lie because he always lies. He always lies. There's no truth in him at all. Jesus, God, can only tell the truth. He can only tell the truth. He doesn't just tell the truth. The Bible says he is the truth. John 10.10. I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 1 says Jesus is the word. So if the word is... So if Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the word, his word is true. Did you follow that one? 
His word is truth. He cannot lie. The devil can't tell the truth. It's not possible for him to tell the truth. God cannot lie. Let, let me explain it this way. This may be one you've not heard before. This is the way God explained it to me. I was asking the Lord one time, what, tell me more about that. How is it that you cannot lie? It's not possible for you to lie. I, I don't want to lie, but I may slip up. He can't lie. And it works like this. This is a trick question. This is a trick question. I'll warn you in advance. So if God said, this carpet is green, if he said that, would that be a lie? Why? Because he said it, and when he said it, what would happen to the carpet? It would be green. It would be green. What happened to the darkness when he said, let there be light? Did anybody know anything about light when he said it? That was all new. When he said it, it was. If he says the carpet's green, it's not a lie because the words no sooner get out of his mouth than the carpet's green. So he can't lie. If it comes out of his mouth, it's true. It's true because he has that creative power. You and I have a measure of that. Our, our gift in that area is not perfected, but we have to watch what comes out of our mouth. We're made in his image. We have to be careful about what comes out of our mouth. We have some of that. If we slip up and say the carpet's green, <laughs> that might be a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he can't lie. It's not possible for him to lie. So the things that he says about himself are true, and the things that he says about you in his word are true. Are you with me so far? Have I lost anybody? Okay, all right. So with all that as a background, uh, let me jump in here with what he says about himself. And just, just to, there are many scriptures, many, many scriptures. I just chose a series of scriptures, if you will, that are, and I'm not even going to go into all of those, but there are a number of places in both the Old and New Testament where he describes himself using the phrase, I am. I am. Uh, and there's power in just those two words. He told uh, Abraham in Genesis 17, I think we have that scripture. The Lord appeared when Abram was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. I am almighty God. In the Hebrew, that's El Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. I am the all sufficient one. I am the all-sufficient one. I am the only God you'll ever need. All power is in me. All might is in me. All truth is in me. I, I far and away, outweigh all the other gods. <laughs> I'm the only God you need. 
Everything you need, everything you need is found in me. I'm all you need. I'm El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God. That's why he told Abraham. When you look at that I am, and this is why I chose these scriptures to describe God. There are many others, but when you look at that I am, the root in the Hebrew is the same root word for both uh, uh, Jehovah and Yeshua. They boil down to one common Hebrew word. And when you look at that word and the meaning of I am, it means it really has a two-part meaning. And one is I eternally exist. And I think we all know that. I am the God that eternally exists. I always have I exist now and always will exist. That's why I'm the only God you need. I am. So he describes himself as I am. But there's a second part to that. So it's baked into the meaning. It's baked into his chosen words to describe himself to us. And that is this. I am eternally present with you. I am eternally present with you. So his own identity, when asked, when he identified himself, he included you in his identity. Think about that. He chose to include you in his identity. He's almighty God, but he identifies with you. He eternally exists. He eternally exists. But he never planned to exist eternally alone. He never planned that. He's a God of love. He wanted someone to love, and he wants someone to love him. His let me see if I can say this another way. His definition of himself includes you. You're part of who he is. He never intended to do this alone. He could sit, he could sit in heaven and exist forever. Wouldn't seem that attractive to me if you had to do it alone. He chose to share that with you. He wants to share that with you. You're part of his identity. It would be like uh, me trying to describe myself uh, without saying uh, I've been married to Kay for 54 years. I, we're linked now. <laughs> the Bible says the two become one. The two become one. So why would I try to tell you about myself without including the other half of me or the other half of the one, <laughs> the other half of us. I can't describe myself without including K. He doesn't, he chose not to describe himself without including you. I eternally exist with you, James. But what, what he told me when I came to that definition and I began to understand it, he says, there's never a time he's not with us. There never 
was, there is not now, and there never will be a time that he is separate from you. So if he chose, if he chose to include you in his identity, it sort of begs the question, have we, <laughs> you know where I'm going, have we chosen, have you chosen to include him in your identity of yourself? When you describe yourself, do you say, I'm Larry, child of God? I'm Larry, son of El Shaddai. Do you, does that, you know what I'm saying? Have you chosen to identify with him? He's chosen to identify with you, and he made no bones about it. He told Moses, when Moses asked, when I go to Pharaoh and they say, well, who sent you, Moses, to me? God said, tell him I am sent you. And when Joshua wondered if who that was standing on the road going out of Jericho, he saw, he saw the man standing in the road, the angel of the Lord with a capital A. And he asked, are you for us or against us? That's in Joshua chapter 5. That wasn't even the right question. And the answer was, I have, or that'll translate, I am now come. So the I am, the I am told Joshua, I'm with you. There's never been a time I wasn't with you. I will be with you. Let's get cranking. We've got, we've got the promised land to conquer. I am. And then it's all through the New Testament. John, the book of John and the book of Revelation. Uh, John's writing the, uh, the book of Revelation. John wrote a lot about the I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the light of the world. In Revelation, I'm the bright morning star. God, God just describes himself. He establishes his identity in his word. He establishes his identity in his word. All right, so that's God establishing his identity to us. He's always with us. I am eternally with you. See, that's why we don't have to be afraid. That's why, that's why the scripture tells us so over and over and over, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And you say, well, why? Did you see how big that whatever is? <laughs> how big that mountain is? How big that person is? How big that devil is? How big the situation is? I am with you. That's why he told Moses. He said, I am with you. Moses, if I were Moses, I'd be wondering, uh, what am I going to do about this army that's pursuing? They got all these chariots. They got all these trained soldiers. We got nothing. We got sticks and rocks, and we're not trained. You know, I'm going to need, I don't know how many airplanes and tanks. and You know, I mean, that's the way I would think. The only way I've got a chance is I've got to have about 50 tanks and God said, don't worry about all that. He said, the answer is, I am with you. 
I will be with you. And it's, it's in the definition. It's in the, in the definition of his identity. I am eternally with you. What does he say about us? I, uh, I just prepared a list of 20 things that God says about us. I prepared it some time ago, some years ago. I'm just going to run through it real quick. Uh, don't worry about trying to take notes. If you're taking notes, I've got uh, copies of it. I think I left them back there at my seat. No, here they are. Thank you. They'll be up here if you, uh, if you want one after the service. But there's a list of about 20 things. Don't, don't try to write. Just listen. I'll try to move this information from your ear to your brain to your heart. These are scriptures you've already heard. Just listen. 20 things God says about me, and these are all true. This is a green carpet kind of a thing. If he says it, it is. It's true because of the creative power of his words. 20 things he says. If 20 is not enough for you, you can Google I just happened to check that. That's not where this list came from, but I found, I Googled a list of 30 things that he says, 40. I even saw 150 things God says about me. So if these 20 are not enough, you can, you can supplement that. You can supplement that right off of Google. But let's try these, let's try these 20. And again, our, uh, just thinking about... Uh, the lies the devil tells us. You know, I know, I know there's someone, maybe more than one in this room tonight, whose world's been rocked. Um, something has happened. Maybe it's, uh, you know, the loss of a loved one, perhaps the loss of a child, loss of a job, sickness and injury. Something has happened you never thought would happen. And you're rocked. You're a little uncertain. You're uncertain as to who God is. We've talked about that. You're uncertain as to who you are. You've lost your bearings a little bit. And we're trying to just circle all that up and gather that in and settle the matter. We're trying to settle that so you can get back on track. You can get back on track on who you are. What God created you to do. You can get back on purpose. Get things sorted out. The Bible says the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. He came to kill, so he's a murderer. He came to steal, so he's a thief. He came to destroy, he's a terrorist. If he can't have it or kill it, just destroy it. He wants to do that with your life. He wants to do that with your faith. He wants to do that with your identity. He wants to confuse you. If he can stall you, if he can stop you. He doesn't know the purpose for which God created you. But he knows he needs to stop you. That makes sense? Even he knows the purpose for which God made you is good. He hates good. He hates good. He's trying to stop you. I want to try to get you back on track. So here's 20 things God says about you. One, we're going to move through these pretty quick. I have 10 minutes. 
One, God is our loving Father. We have, in Romans 8, we've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. God loves me, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Three, we can come boldly and confidently to our Father through our faith in Christ. That's Ephesians 3, 12. Four, we're God's children. To all who receive him, Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We're not just an acquaintance. We're family. He's father. We're children. Five, if we're children, then we're also heirs. We're in the bloodline. It passes down generation to generation. We're heirs. Galatians 4, 7. So you're no longer a slave to sin, but you're God's child. And since you're his child, God has made you also an heir. Six, Jesus calls you friend. I no longer call you servants. John 15, 15, I call you friend. Seven, we are the temple of God. He actually took up residency in us. He took up residency in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Eight, we're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Nine, I am free. I am free from my past sins. They're washed away in the sea of forgetfulness. They're removed from me as far as the east is from the west. Romans 8, 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Parenthetically, sickness and demon possession is a curse under the law, but I'm free from that curse. 10, I'm redeemed and forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. 11, I'm not only free, I'm made righteous. Look at your neighbor and say, you're righteous. You're righteous. It goes past being forgiven. It goes past being saved. You're righteous. You're one righteous dude. You are righteous. Not anything you did. But that's the power of the blood of Jesus. Your righteousness was handed to you, but you are righteous. He made him, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we became the righteousness of God. I'm alive in Christ, number 12, Ephesians 2, 4, 5. I'm made alive in Christ even though I was dead in transgressions. 13, I am Triumphant, I am victorious, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory over sin and death. 14, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror, Romans 8, 37. 15, I'm blessed with spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1, 3. 
He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 16, my needs are supplied. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches. That's Philippians 4, 9. 17, I'm a citizen of Dahlonega. No, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. He's coming again. I said he's coming again. 18, I'm an ambassador for Christ. So not only am I the son of a king, I'm an, I am an ambassador. That's hard to say. I speak for him. I speak for him. I'm an ambassador. He wants me to. He told me to. He told me to use my hands. He'd use my hands, my feet, my voice. I am an ambassador. Now, I have to be careful because where I go, I represent him. I have to be careful. That's, that cuts both ways. 19, I'm seated in heavenly places. And 20, I have nothing to fear. The battle is not mine, but it's God's. I have nothing to fear. He is eternally with me. He's not just eternal. He is eternal. But he's not just eternal. He is eternally with me. He is the I am. That's how he identified himself. That's not me. Those are his words. So those are just 20 things that he says about you. You can find a list of 50, as I said, if that's not enough. But that ought to get you started. To be encouraged, get, get back on track, and understand who you are. Now, let me tell you about the dream and the time that's left. So the dream, again, same dream, three different times. I was um, a, a manager, I'll say, in a, in a new company. A new, I don't know if it was a new store or a new company or something, but... Um, one of the first things that I needed to do was call a meeting of the employees. So I gathered, gathered the employees together, and for whatever reason, the f- most important thing, the first thing we needed to do in this employee meeting was go through the lost and found box. Okay? So we're going to go through. That's top priority for whatever reason. We need to go through the lost and found box. In all three dreams, the contents of the box was the same. And it was about a half a dozen wallets. That's what was in the lost and found box. Now, the wallets were all similar in that they contained some cash. There was a little cash in the wallet. There were some credit cards And there was some form of ID, some form of identification, driver's license, uh, whatever. All the wallets contained that. And they were all in the lost and found. And it was, I just remember in the dream, it was kind of shocking to find that. You know, it wasn't pencils and erasers and shoelaces. It was wallets, and they were, there was a great value. There was value there, money. 
credit cards, identification. And then I spoke, but it, I spoke to the employees, but, it, but I knew it wasn't me speaking. But the message was, it is important that we find these people and let them know that their identity is here waiting for them to pick up. Follow me? It's here. It's been lost. They lost their identity. So they're out here trying to operate without their government-issued ID, but they're also out here trying to operate without resources that are available to them. They don't have any cash. They don't have any credit cards. So whatever it is they're trying to do is infinitely more difficult because they've lost their identity. They don't have available to them uh, what I made available to them. I blessed them with some resources, but they don't have those. I actually blessed them with, their, with an identity, but they've lost that. Something's happened. They've lost their identity. And it's important that we find them and tell them nothing has, nothing's happened to their identity. It's all intact. That was the other thing that was impressive in the dream is that the wallets were all intact. The cash was there. The credit cards were there. They were in safekeeping, if you will. But we've got to find the owner, and we've got to get the wallet back to them. That's the Lord's message. That's the message. If you've lost your identity, might be something someone said about you. Might be something that happened to you, perhaps as a child, something that never should have happened to you. Maybe you lost a loved one, lost a job, lost your way, just lost your way. But your identity is waiting to be claimed. It hasn't gone anywhere. Nothing's changed. Your heavenly father has been holding it for you. It's in his lost and found box. But he's ready to return it. He's ready to return it. Your identity is important. It's important to God. That's why he devotes so much of his scriptures to telling you who he is and then telling you who you are. It's because your identity is important. All the resources that you need are there in his identity. I'll be with you. Don't need to be afraid. You're my child. Treat you like a good daddy would treat a, ch a child. I'll treat you that way. I love you. I'll help you. Don't give up. That's what he's saying. Come claim your identity. If you need prayer, I promised uh, Pastor Todd at the end at 805. It's 806. Please don't, please don't tell him. 
We almost made it. We gave it our best effort. If you need prayer in that regard, I'll wait up here. Uh, the altars are open. If you want me to pray with you, I will. If you want to just come and pray, you're welcome to do that. But if you've lost your way, you lost your identity, you're struggling, you're struggling to find your not only who you are, rediscover who you are, you may be trying to rediscover who God is. You need some help. He wants to help you tonight. He wants you to find your identity. Nothing's changed. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's been in the lost and found box. Come claim your identity tonight. Come pray. I'm going to pray with all of you. But if you want special prayer, the altars are open. If you want me to pray with you, I'll stay up here and pray with you. I'd be happy to. It'd be an honor to. Let's just pray. Oh, Lord, Spirit of the living God, thy word is truth. Thank you for showing us who you are. Thank you for showing us who we are. <clears throat> That's the only identity we need. We don't need the identification that others place on us. We don't want the identification that circumstances tries to place on us. We sure don't want to listen to the lies of the devil. You've taught us the difference between his voice and your voice. By your power, Holy Spirit, I ask you to move across the room tonight. I ask you to touch the hearts of those in this room. Reestablish identities lost. Reestablish relationship. Confirm your promises. If you said it, Lord, it is. We just need to claim it. We need to remember that, and we need to claim it. Spirit of the living God, <clears throat> take charge of the room. We say we love you tonight. We thank you for this gathering. Thank you for speaking to us. Help us to find our way. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a great week.